Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, this is Andrew Anthony, the voice of EA Sports, uh, representing Scoop B Radio. EA Sports, they're in the game. Scoopy Radio in your area, in your ears, in your cubicle, on the plane, on the train. I'm everywhere you want to be. This episode is brought to you by ScoopyRadio.com and ScoopB.com. Make sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Follow me on Twitter at ScoopB, Instagram Scoop underscore B, Snapchat Scoop underscore B, YouTube. Search and subscribe to Contact Scoop B. I am Brandon Robinson, host of Scoopy Radio. Also hosting is DJ Maniel. And in case you've been living under a rock, the Cleveland Cavaliers are your 2016 NBA World Champion. After the heroic play of LeBron James and the pinpoint shooting of point guard Kyrie Irving, this seven-game series was just simply amazing. And to pay tribute, it's so necessary to bring out the archives with Cavaliers DJ, DJ Steph Loss, who told me that the movie Juice inspired him to become a DJ. He is Ohio all the way, Ohio State University. My man's a vegan. He runs, runs with the winners, etc., etc. Without further ado, check out the Scoopy Radio Podcast with DJ Steph Floss, DJ Maniel. Cue the tape in five, four, three, two, one. Let's get it. Lay some treats on us. This is Scooby Radio. Steph, how you doing, Steph? I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm good. So my first question to you is, 
your love for music start? When did you start DJing? Um, I actually started DJing in my while I was in college. Mm-hmm. Well, I started I started DJing while I was in college in like 2002, uh, 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. And um, my love of music, you said when did my love of music start or love of DJing? I guess both. Well, I mean, you you probably hear the story a lot from DJs, but this is the sincerest the sincerest answer I could give you. Um, the movie Juice is the reason I'm DJing to this day. When I was, I have an older brother. And, um, my older brother put me on to the movie Juice when I was a kid, and I used to watch it all the time. And um, I used to love, I used to love, you know, DJ GQ, and it's just, you know. Like the movie, the movie, of course, you know, at the time I was a big, big Tupac fan, so of course I was into the movie, but then I fell in love with the character, um, you know, GQ, Omar Epps' uh, character, mm-hmm. and as a result of that, man, I, I was like, you know, this is exactly what I want to do. Like, I love music. I have no problem, like, being in front of people and, and you know, taking charge of crowds, and I said, you know what, it would be dope if I could be a DJ, and, you know, I brought, I brought that to my mother. I told my mother, like, you know what, I want to be a DJ, and she wasn't on it. She was like, she's not giving me that equipment. I can't get the equipment. You know, I'm not about to be loud in her house with all of that equipment and all of that. So, I, you know, at the time, I didn't understand it, but, you know, I had to deal with it because I was a kid. So when I went to college, when I went to college, I went to Ohio State, the Ohio State University, on a, on a full academic scholarship, but I had so many, like, grants and um grants and scholarships that I would still get a refund check. So while at O State, I got a refund check, and I said, you know what, I'm out of my mother's house. So you know what, with this extra money I got, I'm going to buy my DJ equipment, and, you know, the rest is history. Are you from Cleveland? Yeah, I'm from Cleveland, born and raised. Okay, so I'm going to first ask you this question. What is it like to be the DJ of your hometown team? It's it's amazing, man. You know, I grew up, we we have some legendary, we have legendary DJs. Um, in this town as I grew up on, you know, on the radios and the nightclubs and things like that. So for me to be in the position I am as a DJ on the radio and in nightclubs right now, it's truly a blessing and it's an honor. And it's something that, um, you know, I never thought that I would, honestly, I never, when I started, when I wanted to become a DJ, you know, based off of Juice, you know, being the man per se was never in my, um, was never in my, thought process but you know it's 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 definitely a blessing and a humbling experience and i, I mean i love it you know if i'm the, if i'm the go-to guy in my city as far as djing I'm, I'm totally fine with that how many years have you been on the radio and how many years have you been doing uh djing at, at, at the queue um i've been on the radio they're, they're about the same so i've been on i've been djing for the cast for seven years seven seasons and on radio for six Okay. So this is my this is my seventh season with the Cavs and my sixth season with um with radio. Ooh, ooh. What up? This is Bobby Garcia again. Cool Bob Love. You're not checking out. Scoopy Radio. You heard? What's up? It's your boy Lil Baby. Boy Duffel Bag Rand. This is Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. Hey, I'm Swin Cash at New York Liberty, and you're checking out Scoopy Radio. So we're both millennials, um, obviously, and you you want a route that. Some DJs, you know, don't necessarily take you went to school, and then you, you know, and, and you're in the professional world. What, what are the steps that you took out of college to get to where you are? Well, I, first of all, I graduated with a, um, a degree in um, marketing, so I believe that, you know, 
although I don't have a traditional marketing job, my degree in marketing helps the DJ that I've become because every day I'm selling myself, I'm marketing myself, whether it's with the events that I do, whether it's with magazines um, like this, whether it's just with anyone, with brands that I've developed relationships with, it all goes around marketing and marketing myself with the calves, with radio. So me having an education and, you know, graduating and getting that degree was actually one of the greatest things that I could have done. A lot of people may be like, you went to college, you you know, you went to this this great university and you ended up becoming a DJ. Like, how is that possible? But, it, you know, it, it works out well. And, you know, when I started DJing, you know, I had to pull a wall over a lot of people's eyes, but that come that comes with the marketing. I was not I was not a DJ when I started DJing, but I was a very popular dude, you know, from like from from my hood back in Cleveland and then I knew a lot of people um at Ohio State through this program, the young scholars program that I was in. So it was like I was already popular once I went to school. So I said, you know what, I already had this popularity and this fame. Um once I became a DJ I'm just going to get these people to, you know, ride this wave, figure out a way for them to get to ride this wave, excuse me, figure out a way to get them to ride this wave. And I say, you know, at the time, clues, mixtapes were like, were crazy. And, I, you know, I was like, that's that's the mixtape game. That's what I aspire to, you know, as far as DJing, I'm like, clues got to be the guy. So I was like, you know what, it would make sense. Let me put out a mixtape. If I put out a mixtape, then I would solidify me as a DJ to these people. So when I decided to start DJing, I came back to school with a mixtape that I had put together um, with all artists, you know, that I was familiar with from my from my city, and I had them do freestyles basically over popular tracks at the time, and um, and then I presented the mixtape, you know, when I came to school, like DJ Steph Floss, and it was called Live from the Two and Six or something like that. So it was like, yeah. all right, if people if people see that I have a mixtape, they're gonna be like, oh, he's really a DJ. And it worked. And then I um I contacted a guy by the name of Frank, uh, excuse me, uh, um Larry Williamson from the Frank mm-hmm. W. Hill Black Cultural Center. They had a, they used to do a, they used to do a welcome back cookout every year, and they had DJs. So I contacted Mr. Williamson. I said, Mr. Williamson, you know this is Steph. I know you see me around, but you know I'm a DJ now, and I want a DJ to welcome back um, cookout. So he was like, let's mm-hmm. do it. So he um, he got my equipment. Like he rented the speakers and stuff for me. I had turntables and mixer, but he rented the equipment for me. Um, he actually gave me a stipend. Went to the record store, bought me a bunch of records, and and as a result of people seeing that and my mixtape, they're like, oh, he's definitely a DJ. And I was booked by the Deltas for the biggest party mm-hmm. of the school of the school year that year, which is our icebreaker. And they had only thing they had ever heard me DJ was that Welcome Back. Mm-hmm. Um, with that welcome back picnic, so my marketing degree definitely worked at that at that moment. Why do people call you LeBron's DJ? Well, because I am LeBron's DJ. It's it's a it's a very it's a very unique situation, but it's not. It, it may seem weird to some people, but it's not. It's actually not weird to like us and our crew because Brian. Um, like, not many people have seen like an athlete the magnitude of LeBron, you know, uh, especially around this time. Like, of course, there there are the you know Michael Jordans of his era and things like that. But like those guys were partying. But the way Brian gets booked for events and parties and stuff is is incredible. And mm-hmm. you know, like whether it comes from you know LRMR, um, the Clutch, you know, to to this situation. 
the greatest thing that, you know, we all can do is keep everything in-house. So Brian gets sure. booked. People want people want Brian to, you know, come to their party or book him for a party. It's like, all right, cool. Well, I got my own DJ because I know, you know, he's going to rock in the party and he, he's going to play the joints I want to hear. And, you know, it's going to be that vibe that I want. So, you know, it, it makes sense for everybody. How did y'all meet? So my relationship with LeBron came as a relation um as a um en route through my relationship with Rich. I actually grew up with Rich Paul who is LeBron's agent right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um me and Rich went to high school together. Okay. So me and Rich, you know, went to high school together and um, you know, the rest is history. You know, him and Brian met and as a result everything else kept rolling and, you know, the family was formed. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. What up, people? I'm here. Scoop B Radio. Yeah, you already know who it is. You boy, my son. Oh, hey, this is Stretch Armstrong. Hi, I'm Michael Cooper. Yo, Sway in the morning. Hey, this is TNT's Ernie Johnson. Yo, you're on Scoop B Radio with your boy Joseph Shakora. You know me as Tommy from Power. I remember being in college and, um, when I couldn't afford to fly and go to games. And I remember watching him the first time around on TV. And the thing, or watching the, the team, there I go focus on him again, watching the team on TV. And the thing that always struck me was your music. It's not Madison Square Garden. It's not Staples Center. It's not anything I've heard. Like, if I can compare Cavs games to anything I've seen, the closest comparison I can make now is Wizards games or Netflix now. Right. What? What are you doing out there? Why does what? Tell me your concepts for for DJ. The thing is, like you know, not to, to pat myself on the back, but like I'm I'm nice. Like you know, I get busy. Like I'm I'm really nice. Whether it's in the you know, before you know before the Cavs games, I was getting busy in the clubs and parties and stuff like that. Old State and Cleveland and you know traveling, um, you know through these different cities and different states. Like I'm I'm I get busy, man. So it's like I take that same concept. To um, when I started the DJ for the Cavs, I said, you know what, I want to give the arena that same atmosphere that I get, um, excuse me, that same vibe and that same energy that I give to the clubs um, every night that I DJ. Of course, there's a different demographic, but it's still sure. like, you know, I'm 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 a smart enough DJ to read my crowd regardless of whatever the crowd is. So I was able, I see the crowd, I know what they like. Plus, I know what the players like. So it's just like. I'm gonna be honest, right? and, and and like I said before, this isn't to toot my own horn or pat myself on the back, but we, the Cavs, we have the best in-game entertainment in all of the NBA. Like I've been to majority of these other arenas and games, like and outside of just my music, like our in-game entertainment is is crazy. Like we have a, a great team right now, and even when our team wasn't doing so well. The in-game entertainment was always top-notch. You know, we never we never um, stopped with that, and, and the music was always top-notch. And the thing is, is like we care about our fans, and our fan experience mm-hmm. is is unparalleled in the NBA. I believe, I honestly believe, we have the best in-game entertainment in the NBA. And you know, you got one of the nicest DJs in the world DJing, you know, at the game. So, well, I I tell you honestly, when I, when I was out there in Cleveland. When I was out there, when I met you, um, it was the little things that I paid attention to. Uh, I, uh, in a lot of respects, you were almost like a New York DJ, but in Cleveland to me. Um, when I when I went to the game, the thing that stuck out to me the most is that whenever Tristan scored, you played that little snippet from Six Guys. He's from Toronto, of course. You know the guys, 
the guys actually give out, um, you know, have requests for mm-hmm. songs that for songs that they want to, um, you know, they have requests for songs that they want to, uh, you know, play during the game. So mm-hmm. it's like, but some some things you know you just know what it is. And me and Tristan have a relationship like me and Brian. Tristan is like my little brother. You know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying I've been a, been around Tristan for years, and he's from Toronto. We party together. We hang out, eat together, and you know, that's a little bit. So I know what he likes. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just makes sense. Walk me through a typical home day, uh, home game, uh, uh, the day of a home game through, through the, you know, the, the the beginning of the game or, or, or as you're preparing for the night all the way up until, you know, the last buzzer sound. Well, my day, day, typically, my t- typical day, game day, I try not to get too busy because I know at some point I'm going to need to be downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I stay downtown, but I don't like, you know, I want to make sure I'm in the area so I don't tire myself out too much. So, I, you know, I wake up, eat breakfast, light breakfast. I try not to eat any, um, I try not to eat any, anything except for fruit, you know, before mm-hmm. noon. So I try to, you know, have a light breakfast and then, you know, get some, you know, I'm a runner. You can mention that. I do run, mm-hmm. you know, I was gonna ask you Cle- Cle- Cleveland Marathon coming up, but, uh, you know, I try to get a workout in. I do some running, um, and then I'll have to, um, you know, stop by the radio station, um, you know, see my boss, just hire my boss or whatever, and, you know, do some things, maybe cut some commercials. But that's not far from downtown as well. And then I'll come back home and I'll say, all right, is there any new music out? Is there any new music that I could get off at a game? Because um, contrary to what people believe, what's, what's, what I can get off on the radio, a lot of times I can't get off at the arena. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be it may be clean enough for the radio, but it's not going to be clean enough for the arena because of mm-hmm. of the demographics. So I see, I'll say, oh, like Big Sean just dropped a new track with Drake today, and I'm about to when I get off the phone with you, I'm about to check it out and see if it's clean enough for the arena. And if it is, then I'm just gonna you know let it ring off tonight. But you know, download some new music, check out, see you know how do I want to start you know because I have the pregame set, how I want to start the set out, what how I want to bring the guys out to. Kind of remember what I did last game. Say, all right, well, I'll stay away from those songs since I let those ring off during the last game, and um, mm-hmm. you know, go from there. Then you know, get get a little rest, and I may even take a nap, get up, shower up, throw on my clothes, you know, throw my calves gear on, and walk over to the arena, set set my equipment up, you know, go down and holler at my boss, holler at whoever may be around, shoot around. Sometimes, you know, I take I like to take early picks for the fans. Before the mm-hmm. game, so I can post, so I can post up on Instagram mm-hmm. before I start spinning. You know, just let them see what's going on in the pregame, and then I go up, and then you know, the magic starts. Hey, it's Inez X. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Jr. from Jr. Sport Brief. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the King of the Mountain. Hey, what's up? I'm Stephanie Santiago. Bobby Hart, New York Giants. Here with celebrity wardrobe stylist Shatanya of me, and you are listening to Scoop Radio. I love it. I love it. I love it. You talk about, um, you think that you guys are, you know, the best in-game entertainment in the NBA. Hands down. Hands down. Aside from Cleveland, who else do you think comes anywhere close? I'll say the, the Nets. Okay. They're, I'll say that's the only thing I could think of, and it's not because of like the music or anything, but they did some things where they highlighted, they highlight some of their like their performers, like their dancers. I like the way they highlight the dancers yeah. on the jumbotron and stuff like that mm-hmm. before they go on and things like that. And some of the fan, the fan cams are like so. Yeah, I guess the Nets. Now, you on Instagram, 
the um, the running thing. Tell me about that because I know you've lost a lot of weight. I've lost yeah, tons of weight. I've been eating clean and I started running. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that. It's funny you ask this. I started running as a result of my girl Karen Civil. So there was a um, I just felt there was a need in our community in Cleveland um, for the young ladies here to get some to get some inspiration and to basically see someone that was not, you know, quote unquote an Instagram model or, you know, doing, you know, a, a video model and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um to see women that were that were not using that avenue as their um their source of income or as their, you know, claim to fame or whatever and see some women like doing some positive things in the community and in business and in their world and, you know, starting businesses. So I reached out to Karen. I said, Karen, I say, uh, I said, Karen, you have to come and favor for me. Um, I said, my assistant, she has an event that she does, which, you know, it's called Talk and Taste, and she has people come out and speak. Um, it's a networking event, but she has, you know, she has guest speakers all the time. I said, Karen, you, you have to come out and speak. I said, man, I'm just seeing something in our community where, like, a lot of young girls – uh, especially young African-American girls, they're just becoming lost. And I say mm-hmm. they need to see uh, a young African-American woman striving and succeeding in, like, a male-dominated uh, industry mm-hmm. to, to know that there are other options except for the ones that they may see, you know, on Instagram or on TV, you know, via reality shows and things like that. I say you have to come um, speaking of for me, please. And, um, you know, she came and spoke. And when I went to pick her up from the airport, she was a little sore. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? She had just got finished running the, the New York half, half marathon, the female half marathon, mm-hmm. women's half marathon. So I said, how did you know, you run? She was like, yeah, I did it. You know, she was telling me all about it. I'm like, well, how did you get started? And she was, you know, explaining some things to me. And I said, you know what, I've been eating clean and living a healthy eating life, I said, you know, it's time for me to start working out. I said, maybe I'll start trying to run. And in the back of my mind, it was it was a little egocentric, but I was like, if Karen can run a marathon, half a marathon, I know I can too. So <laughs> the next the next day I went to the gym, and I was like, you know what, let me see, and let me work out, and let me do a little running while I'm on it. So I did a workout, then I did a little running. It wasn't that bad. And I said, you know what, let me challenge myself. I said, the Cleveland Marathon is coming up on May 16th, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run the 5K for the first time. And I Instagrammed it, you know, to make it real. So I know I'm like, I know I'm putting this out to the universe. Somebody is going to, you know, make sure I do it. So I said, you know, it was April 30th when I did this. And I said, I'm going to run my first five. Yeah, I said, I'm going to run my first 5K on um, in 17 days, basically. And... And I started, and as a result of that, you know, I, I started, I said, you know, let me let me raise 5000 let me figure out a way to make this even more dope. I said, I'll raise $5,000 um, for running a 5K because at the time, a friend of mine had, been, had become sick with cancer for his third time. He had beat cancer twice and uh, regained cancer for the third time, and of course, he needed, you know, chemo and, you know, different kind of treatments and things. I said, I want to help help them raise some money to, you know, relieve some of that stress off of them. And I'm passionate about kids. And, you know, so I said I'll raise money for him as well as for the Children Hunger Alliance. Sure. So I ra- I was able to raise the money. I started a GoFundMe. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, donated money, and they saw what I was into, and they saw my progression and saw that I was really serious about this 5K. 
and I ran the 5K. I did an amazing time, and I, I just kept running after that. And as a result of that, I started running with the women's running crew, and mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still actually on the running high as we speak. What's up, y'all? It's Citra, the Nigerian rap goddess. Hey, yo, what's up? It's your man, Ivan Ellis, a.k.a. Royalty from the hit show Empire. Hi, I'm Greg Jabara from Blue Blood. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Javon, a.k.a. Bubbles. What's up? You're sitting here chilling with Ray Edwards, Future Heavyweight Chap, listening to Scoop B Radio. Holler. What is it going to take for the Cavs to win it all this year? I mean, we have the talent. We have the talent. We have an amazing organization. Our, our organization from from top to bottom with, uh, you know, with ownership, with with management, with GM, with coaching, with the players, with the in-game, you know, in-game, with game ops, with the DJ, to the ushers. We have an amazing organization from top to bottom with the cast. Um, as long as everyone can stay focused on the goal at hand, I believe we can do it. We're rolling right now. We're looking great. Our players are meshing. We we just added some great um, great parts to the to the team, and everybody's getting, you know, familiar with each other. The issue at the beginning of the season, I think, was just a simple issue of um, not being familiar with each other. You know, these are guys that were basically like, basically, uh, very new to each other, like playing. Like, you know, Brian coming back, he never played with Kyrie. He never played with uh, K-Love. Brian had played with Andy, but Andy had never played with K-Love. Kyrie mm-hmm. had never played with K-Love. Tristan never played with Brian. You know, K Love never played with Tristan. It was just, you know, everyone was new. So it's like you could you could tell like when Brian does a pick and roll with Andy, they know each other. They know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. You know, in the beginning of the season, that that mesh wasn't so well with other players. But now we're all getting to know each other, and it's it's we're at this moment of this interview where we've won eight games in a row, and we're looking great. As a Clevelander. What was it like for you to see LeBron leave? What was it like for you to see him come back? I got to answer the question twofold because okay. I have to answer it as a Clevelander and as a friend. Okay. Um, as and when he when he left as a Clevelander, well, when he left as a friend, I respected his decision. I, under, I understood, you know, his, his decision, and you know, as a friend, you you're always going to be like, you know, whatever makes. You know, my, my friend's happy, you know, whatever makes mm-hmm. him happy, you know, I'm with it. As a Clevelander, I did understand some of the um, some of the, the people's sadness that went, um, that occurred as a result of him leaving because, you know, we've, we've been like, we've had a, a crazy curse sports-wise in Cleveland, whether it was the um, catch, Excuse me. With the the drive with uh, with John Elway, it was the fumble with, um, with Ernest Biner, and then of course you know we got the decision. So a lot of people felt like, oh God, once again, clear. And then we had the move. The Browns, mm-hmm. the Browns moved to Baltimore, and they won the Super Bowl the next year. That was our team. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was a lot of people. A lot of people felt like, oh gosh, man. And it's not, not that. And then, and then, and then, the, um, there was another thing with the, excuse me, with the Cleveland Indians, Jose Mesa. We were about to win the, we were about to win the World Series. Jose Mesa was the best at the time. He was the best closer in baseball. He, we were up, we were up in the ninth inning, and he couldn't close out. 
you know, it, so it was always, it's always been something with us. So a lot of people felt like, wow, another, another bad thing happened in Cleveland sports. So I understood people's sadness behind it, you know, because mm-hmm. it seems like, you know, we just couldn't get over that hump in sports. Well, I'm contrary mm-hmm. to a lot of people, you know, I know, I know there was a lot, everyone saw like burning of jerseys and the taking the banner down on TV, but there were still a lot of people here in Cleveland that, you know, respected and understood Brown's decision and still loved him regardless. I mean, you know, and as a result, they became like Cleveland Heat fans per se. So, you know, and when he, <laughs> and when he came back as a, as a friend and as a Clevelander, I was actually um I was actually with him at the time in Vegas of the decision and it was crazy because my Instagram like no one like you know Brian wasn't Instagramming or tweeting or anything like that and you know I'm so active on Instagram and Twitter and there were you know there were Nike camps Brian's Nike camp was out in Vegas I was out there with him which I do every year mm-hmm. and um everybody basically I was the only source of getting close to Brian to people that didn't know him via Twitter and Instagram. So any move I made on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, people were seeing it as like Steph is trying to give us a hint. I'm like, I'm just wow. Instagramming. I'm just Instagramming regular stuff. So, you know, I would I would Instagram like a banquet photo that I was DJing, his banquet, and people would be like, oh, man, the, the colors the colors and photo are wine and gold. That means he's coming back. And the other people would be like, no, the colors, look, they're, they're – they're they're red and black. He's he's going to that's a heat banquet and it was just like it had got to the point where I was like I had got to it had got, I was like I can't even Instagram anything because right. anything that I say or do people were gonna you know take it the wrong way and and it happened like there was sports talk radio in Cleveland following my tweets and making mentions of me and like everybody was tweeting me and calling me for interviews and I'm like man what are y'all talking about like I'm doing the same event that I do every year and like it was crazy like people the internet you could google stuff to this day and my name will pop up in that decision and it was like I was doing nothing but being staff I wasn't trying to give out any clues or any hints or anything like that it was it was amazingly wild and I, I remember telling Brian I say listen man you got to tell these people something because so I can get back to my regularly scheduled life. I'm like, I can't even live life until you make the decision. So I was happy when he, I was happy when he told everybody his decision so I could get back to getting on my Instagram and Twitter. We're going to take a short break. Hey, internets, don't forget you can listen to all the episodes by visiting scoopbradio.com. Also, while on social media, please use hashtag scoopbradio. Please share this content with a friend. For all our millennials out there, Scoopy Radio is available in the podcast sections on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio and TuneIn. New episodes drop midnight on Thursday. Be sure to rate, comment and subscribe. Have a slam dunking day. As a, as a, as a, a Clevelander, I was ecstatic because um, I saw that I see it as this could really be our time, you know, to win that championship. And I was excited. I was excited about the attention that the city was going to get in what you got on our opening day. I mean, it was so much business and so much money just spent in that, in that weekend that, you know, of our home opening day. That was ridiculous. I mean, we never had that many, you know, uh, companies here at one time. We had, we had Beats by Dre here. We, and I actually did a run with them. We had Nike here. It was, you know, like Coca-Cola. I mean, it was just all, all of these different Entities and and, and, and create, you know huge companies, mega corporations and things. They were 
here because, and we know why, because Blind was back. And the whole world's eyes were on Cleveland that, that day. Like, you know, we ended up losing to the Knicks, which I'm still yeah. mad about. I'm still <laughs> mad about. But it was just so much attention focused on that game. It was like it was game seven of the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. You know, and just that day. And as a Clevelander, that felt great that the city had all of that attention and people were starting to respect us and, and see us as a, a viable championship contender. And as his friend, I totally understood his decision. And the letter was beautiful. It, it was amazing. It's amazing what he, you know, what he wants to bring back to Cleveland, bring back to Akron. Um, you know, this being his hometown, he understood everything I just said about our sports woes. He's seen it. He's been around that as well. And, you know, for him to want to come back home, to possibly, you know, be be that guy to bring us a championship was truly amazing and, and, and truly remarkable. And I think that there will never be anything in history to happen like that. This is a storybook. Last question. Assuming the Cavaliers won a championship, what's the first song that you play if they win a game at home? When the Cavaliers win the championship, first song that I play, it might not be out yet. Maybe I have, oh, you wow. know, I was just, I, it might not be out yet. I was just, I was actually just, I had a dinner with Mike Will made it out in L.A. not too long ago, and I talked to him about doing some, like, some stuff for the Cavs, answer for the Cavs or something like that. So it might not be out yet. So I can't, I can't speak of that right now. Okay. Uh, but, you know, maybe maybe we'll have a special theme song made for it. Maybe we already have one in works. Who knows? You're listening to Scoop the Radio. I love it. love it. love it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.